0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Speak PR. My name is Jim James and I'm your host. And today I'm going to talk about native discovery and content amplification. Now I'm talking about this because I was uh, given a an SMS by a good friend, Mark Campman, who's a social media expert, and he warned me that I may be posting too much content on Facebook, and that that may hurt me. And I didn't realise, but it seems as though if you are posting too many uh posts on facebook and maybe also on linkedin uh you can have your your account sort of downgraded in some way so i guess a bit like you know manners at the dining table if you're doing all the talking then eventually someone asks you to uh to stop talking so um it was with that that it got me to thinking about strategies that we can use that are off the main path of using facebook instagram and uh, and Twitter, for example. Now, what I've uh, done over the last 25 years is to build brands myself for clients using my own agency, East-West Public Relations, but I've also built my own businesses over the last 25 years, including importing Morgan Sports cars to China. So I have some experience in building a brand, and I've done that largely through public relations. And I want to talk about content syndication today, or what the people at Outbrain and Taboola call native discovery. Now, in public relations, we have earned media, which is what people think of as traditional public relations, which is where you ring up the journalist and uh, you pitch a story. If they like it, they ask for more. They may do an interview. They may take the press release. They may take a case study, for example. The second kind of PR that we have is owned media, where we own the channel. So we own our own Facebook or LinkedIn uh, channel. And so we can put what we like on that. But as I've been told by Mark Kempman today, I may be putting too much into my own channels. The third is the shared media, which of course are the social media two-way streets where someone has taken my content and then is amplifying it themselves. And you could even look at things like TripAdvisor um, or Trustpilot where people are starting to share views about us and our companies, whether we like it or not. And the third group of media is paid media. Now, in the past, traditionally paid media, what we used to call above the line advertising as opposed to below the line uh, or what then became through the line and it used to be below the line was direct marketing and through the line became sort of paid for insertions into publications, paid media now with the way that companies like Outbrain and Taboola are defining is what they call native discovery. Now I've used this myself actually for some clients some years ago and even for my own content because when you look at the bottom of your, for example, CNN, or in Singapore the Asia One website or even BBC, you're gonna see coverage or articles that aren't really articles contributed by the journalists themselves, but they look like proper articles. They don't have a PR headline or an advertising headline. What they have is a is a headline that could just be a um an article, things like, you know, uh should you uh take out extra equity on your home after 65 for example and what you'll find is that long form content has been provided by a publisher uh, by a company that has paid to send out long form i.e you know articles as opposed to adverts or could be a video and it's the equivalent of the old what we used to call advertorial supplements so paid content is now distribution and exposure that we've paid for and it can include search social media campaigns display ads and so on now with with outbrain um i've used that with really good effect and i'll go into how that works in in just a little bit of time the reason this is working is because in the recent years in the last 5 6 years content marketing has exploded with 89% of B2B marketers currently using content marketing, apparently, according to a Nielsen Research. And that's because editorial and informational and entertaining content works best. Uh, viewers now, as we're looking at screens and we're controlling what's on the screen and surfing and, and moving on if we don't like it, means that advertising in the old banner ad networks that we used to have in the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s are largely gone because people like uh, Safari uh, and Google put ad blockers. So we used to have a little banner or even a sidebar on the browser, but now those have gone because what the browser owners realised was that that was their revenue and they weren't going to give that away to ad networks. So the way to get in front of people um, is sometimes through giving them great articles that they will run, but what we can also do is to share content through what we call these content syndication platforms. Now, the people at Outbrain, they call it native discovery because what happens is that content goes into content that is being read by the viewer already or watched by the viewer already. So just in the same way that advertising has become targeted according to the search or what we've seen already, this is of course where all the, the cookies are coming in, what the native discovery does is it's basically saying if someone's reading about mortgages or about pensions and so on, we can send them long form content that's also relevant to that particular area of interest. Now it can carry some SEO risks, some search engine optimization risks, because if you have repetitive content uh, going across lots and lots of channels, um, we can actually be penalized apparently by people like Google. But fresh content syndicated across multiple platforms is good for our SEO. So I think my, my view is you can use the same content two or three times, maybe not all on the same day, but over a period of a month. And and fair, no risk whatsoever. Now there are platforms like Medium where we can post our own content, whether it's uh, photos, audio, videos, and so on. Uh, And these really are, if you like, shared content in my view. It's like a a group blog where everybody is participating and it becomes sort of like a a self-publishing platform. There's another one, uh, which is called Scoop It, which also starts to collate uh, content from around the web and automatically compile it for us. I think those are not really content syndication in in the definition that that I like to use, which is really taking content from one place and sending it across multiple platforms. A a bit like we're doing with repurpose.io for our video, for example, creating audiograms from Buzzsprout Using repurpose.io to create audiograms that are automatically sent through to our YouTube account and to our Facebook account. So there's Medium, but there's also, for example, SlideShare. And I'm always amazed that more clients don't use SlideShare, especially for B2B. To give you an idea of the sort of potential of SlideShare, there's a recent share by Ogilvy on social media trends in 2020 and it has 598,375 views. Now imagine if you're a, any agency, to have half a million people look at your PowerPoint presentation, normally preserved maybe for your, a few clients and a few staff, that's pretty amazing, right? By any advertising standards, that's fantastic, that's free. So 80 million people use SlideShare every year, apparently, um, to learn about topics, quickly from subject matter experts so you can categorize them. So it was founded in 2006 and I have been using it for quite a long time myself and I put company presentations on there and I put pictures on there where we created content that clients or companies decided not to use. We don't put anything proprietary to them, of course. But it was acquired uh, in 2012 by LinkedIn and although um, the integration isn't one where, you know, you log into uh LinkedIn and you automatically go to SlideShare, you have to log in and out. There are some 18 million uploads in 40 content categories and it's one of the top 100 most visited websites in the world. So for any B2B client that I have, I always recommend getting product brochures and any marketing materials at all and knowledge into SlideShare and it's free to post. Now, uh, I mentioned Outbrain, Outbrain.com uh, is a site that I've been using. Uh, what I do then is I post content on there, for example, a long form article that might be a white paper written by a client. Uh, and then I can choose quite specifically on a cost per thousand basis. So I, what I've done in the past is spend 50 to $100 and we've got even 20 to 30,000 impressions and two to three percent click throughs back to the website of our client and that's the key difference without brain compared to for example having an article on a website published you know with uh, just editorial without brain if someone clicks to read the article it's taken back to the host website in other words if i have a client white paper and i've got it on their website I can then buy traffic, I can buy readers by geography, um, by publication type and by price and also by duration and by budget. So I can bid basically to be on the front page. So if you've got a lot of budget, you can even be, for example, on CNN or the BBC or Asia One, which obviously are, are major outlets. So that's the content that you're seeing on the bottom of your browsers. Now, Outbrain helps over a billion people discover content, apparently, every year. And it's eclipsed by Taboola, which uh, taboola.com, which is really the other game in town. I had heard at one stage that Taboola was buying Outbrain. But now I look again, that doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, there are two games in town. Um, Taboola, though, has more of a sort of a paid management system. I spoke to them when I was running uh, campaigns for Morgan in China because I was looking at using really Taboola's outlets into the main publications, for example, like South China Morning Post. And at the time, what they do is they, they then have account managers and they manage your content distribution much more like an ad management team they claim 1.4 billion users per month, uh, which I imagine is the aggregate of these 10,000 publishers where 10,000 publishers around the world use Taboola to provide the additional content. They also claim they got 50 times more data than the New York Public Library. Now, personally, I haven't been into the New York Public Library, but I'm sure it's terrific. But that gives you a measure of the scale of digital data just on one of the platforms now you need to have a bigger budget with taboola Um, they don't have prices on the website because what happens is you you sign up and you get an account manager so i started this uh, sort of conversation because uh, i was warned by mark campman who's an instagram expert and has the book called flirt uh, all about digital media marketing So we need to be careful that we can, if you like, saturate uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter with too much content, which I have to say I find a a bit of a surprise. But if that's the case, another thing we can look at uh, is the content syndication that does take a little bit of budget. It doesn't cost anything to post things to medium.com nor to SlideShare, uh, but Those two platforms really are posting and hoping people or having people come and find the content. What I call content syndication and what Outbrain call native discovery is really where your content is placed through one portal, one platform, and it's distributed on your behalf to multiple platforms. In the case of Taboola, 10,000 publishers Uh, Outbrain also claimed to have thousands of publishing outlets as well so that distribution transportation creates huge opportunities but it does have a small amount of cost so great value get anything that you've got that you can use on SlideShare and embed the link wherever you can because SlideShare enables you to embed those slides into for example WordPress or into any other website. You can even embed them and link them into your LinkedIn, for example. But I recommend if you've got some good long form articles and content, maybe you're changing up, for example, how a car industry is going to change with regards to NEVs, for example, or uh, In Wheel Motors is another potential client or company we work with called Protean. Look at Outbrain as a way because it has a scalable cost and is very targeted, and it does bring traffic back to your own website. I know it because I've tried it, I've used it with clients to really quite some success. Now, as we've said before, digital marketing and public relations is 20% content development and 80% marketing. Content syndication is part of the amplification part of Speak PR, which is our five-stage methodology which is to Storify, Personalise, Engage, Amplify and to Know. Content syndication is a valuable way to leverage your current content using platforms that are out there so that people can find and read or watch what you've got to say, how you add value to the marketplace without having to do really any extra work, but just leverage, leverage the technology, it's there to serve small and medium-sized business owners like me and you to get our word out. So with that, I wish you the best of health, a profitable business, and that you keep on syndicating your great content. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Speak PR. My name is Jim James. If you like this, please do rate us. You do that by going to the bottom of your iTunes or your podcast and you'll see something saying rating and you and you log in and you can fill in the form there online. If you uh, would like to get more information about Speak PR, it's all available on our website at eastwestpr.com as is a subscription to our weekly newsletter which goes out every Friday around the world. And if you'd like to write to me directly, please do. Jim at eastwestpr.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'm linkedin.com dot in dot james jim so with that i wish you a great day thank you so much for tuning into this episode of speak pr